You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network TV Bricks. Oleg Roy was born in 1965 in the city of Magnitogorsk. He graduated from the teacher training college. He worked at an orphanage. Then he moved to Switzerland, where he lived for 11 years. Having returned to Russia, today he writes books for adults and children. I was damned if I could write a novel, because it was what I should do if we were to eat regularly. This is a well-known phrase by Ernest Hemingway. It seems to me that the work of a writer, as well as any other creative person, an artist, cannot be restricted. But you have to do it. And how do you work? From inspiration to inspiration? Or is there any strict schedule, daily routine? Well, look, not many writers throughout history and all over the world wrote just for themselves, for nothing, for lack of anything better to do. This is my main job, and soon it'll be 30 years since I've mastered this profession, and I see myself as a really successful person in it. I have achieved a lot, and therefore I see it as my profession. And as long as it is a profession, it must, it has to feed me. And in this sense, it doesn't matter whether I have or don't have inspiration. Work comes first. Well, and of course, if this work does not bring you satisfaction, such as sincere congratulations from readers, festivals, and I understand that I not only make a living, but also bring huge joy to people living on this planet. And what should be sacrificed? Nothing. This is my favorite pastime. I'm a very happy person. I don't sacrifice anything. What about your sleep? Sleep, yes, occasionally, but sometimes, when you get little sleep, you can do more, manage to do more. Sleeping is the thing I used to reduce in general. Today, I have about four hours for it, and I'm quite happy with it. But I would transfer them to the category, what else can I do? But I'm a happy person. I see dreams, and my dreams are a continuation of my novels, which will be written or are already written. But I correct them in my dreams. But do you quarrel with your characters? Always. I quarrel all the time. But why? Because many of them do not fit into the framework I want to put them in. Many want to live their own life. Many have their own temper. A hell of a temper, too. Each of them is Oleg Roy. I have to fight with each of them and prove that I am the god, I am the chief, I am the writer, and I will do what I want. Many of them say, no, I do not want, I will not do it, I won't die, I won't marry, I won't divorce, I won't give birth to a child. And you begin to create situations which will allow you to operate your characters. Well, and what if a character does not obey? There are a lot of ways to force it to submit. If there's no other way, you can give up a novel and start a new one. Can you really do it? Well, why not? If you cannot operate a character, and the character operates you, then you have to put the novel to the cemetery of mine. I have such a file, and it's called the cemetery of mine. Sometimes, novels lie there for 11 years, and at some point, I feel it. The character surrenders, and I suddenly understand I have to complete the novel. Not because I have nothing to do, but because I feel that the character is ready, and I am ready for this novel, and I come back to it. And when your first novel was published, did your self-consciousness change anyhow? Did you have this feeling like you can enter any bookstore, take a book, and there will be written Oleg Roy in capital letters on a cover? I do not remember the first feeling the shelf gave me, but I remember the first feeling of holding a book in my hands. 
I remember that very well. It really was such a big gift, and it could be compared to the birth of a child. I have three children. It was the same feeling. No matter how many children are born, each time it's a joy. But you begin to get gradually used to books and presentations. Anyhow, festivals and book presentations, they're not as they used to be before. But for example, a new book series or a novel you've been writing for a long time, it's like your child. Before moving to Switzerland, you worked in your degree field and even were a principal of an orphan school. Was it there where you masterminded your first children's book? I was the substitute director of a school for orphans and children without parental support in the city of Magnitogorsk. I worked with children and all fields that concerned leisure activities, not education. Children come from their studies and then their mind up to the moment of we're going to sleep, good night. It was a big component of my work and it was the time when a number of novels, which were to be published, devoted to the children living in an orphanage, they were already born. A theater for the young audience, its first and second parts, are novels about orphanage children. And are you working on children's books now? Do you still write for children? From time to time, my inner child goes to sleep for several years and I write adult novels. I write mystical prose, fantastic novels, detective stories, thrillers. I dig in twists and turns of our relations, men and women. And then poof and I am a child again. And I begin to write Jinglix, Drakosha Tosha, Super Meow, Spasix. I write the whole galaxy of characters, Vinglix, Minglix, Shinglix, Binglix, Akvix, Spasix, and it is a huge galaxy. I'm almost done with the fluffies, nearly five compounds of the huge universe. I'm writing a story called Yesenia's Magic Shop. There, toys have their own toys, and they want and dream that their dreams come true and come to a magic shop of Yesenia and try to fulfill a dream of their own toy with her help. Did you have a favorite toy when you were a child? Yes, of course. So, that toy had a dream too. You see, you don't know about it, but you did not manage to fulfill a lot of dreams of your toy, which might not exist anymore, or it lies somewhere at your home. And if you look at a toy closely, you can understand its dream and try to make it true, and you will bring joy to your toy. It's interesting to play a game like this with a child. I try to arrange a child's game space in my books, so that children have a feeling that they can develop this universe, this galaxy, together with me. This is amazing! I will surely take an interest in my toy's dreams. It is still sitting in my place. You've mentioned twists and turns of the relations between men and women. In 2011, your book, He and She, was released. Was it written in collaboration with Diana Meshkova? Yes, it was. It is a story told twice by a woman and a man. Whose idea was it? When we started working with Diana, I said, Listen, I'm not ready to write with you. I'm not ready to share with you. And I'm not ready to learn from you and to consult with you. Well, I'm not ready because I am a man. That's all about my bad temper. But I'm ready to write a story on behalf of a man. And you will write this story on behalf of a woman. Because we have him and her. I will write everything I want and you will write everything she wants. We have the beginning and the end which we will coordinate. We coordinated and separated. After that, my story was born, a story of a man, in which I completely deny the participation of a woman in my life. And she invented a story of a woman, 
who doesn't deny the existence of a man in her everyday life completely, but is very skeptical about it. By the way, haven't you learned to read women's minds yet? Just like Mel Gibson's character in the movie What Women Want, women, just like men, are quite predictable because we live in one community. Yes, this community dictates rules and certain frameworks for us. We exist within them. Therefore, if you have learned how to exist in this community, you're able to foresee what a person is going to do. Because if a person is not an idiot, he or she is guided by existing rules. Please do not trust anybody who, because of today, there are a lot of coaches. Yes, those who talk. Look, if a person puts his hands like this, I will explain what that means. But I have put hands like this because I need to take a rest. I have a sore back. My first vertebrae is bad. And if I cross my hands like this, I am simply cold. And I have also a sore shoulder. And I just hang it down above this hand. And it means nothing more than that. And if I look like this, it means there is something in my eye. And I'm not telling you lies at this moment. There is too much nonsense coming from the screen. Everything is very predictable. Therefore, if you ask me whether I can tell anything about you? Yes, I can. Can you tell anything about me? Of course you can. Is it true that you write songs with your lyrics? Yes, I do. I read a lot of lyrics because I'm a susceptible man. There comes the time when you begin to murmur something to yourself and a melody is born. Then you send it to competent people who write it down. And then it comes to sound recording, instrumentation. And this is where a full-bodied soundtrack is born. Can you sing a couplet? In the lake of coldish eyes, we do not exist anymore. There is only me. I'm sorry. Grief wanders about rooms. It regrets nothing. If I go on, we'll start crying here. It's beautiful. And haven't you thought about a singing career? No, I haven't. Our stage will do with Kirkorov and Baskov. This is enough for the Russian stage. No one is needed anymore. Your works have formed the basis of many movies and series. For example, basing on the novel The Smile of a Black Cat, director Alexander Kosatkin made his TV series The Hindu. Are you okay with the screen version? Has the screenwriter managed to retell your story correctly? I have said numerous times that each author should be ready for recurrent mockeries of their novel. From time to time, if it is being screened, Producers, screenwriters, directors, actors, post-production, musicians, everyone contributes to your scenario. And finally, you're not quite sure what they have shot at all, but I am very lucky with my screen versions. Because such famous scriptwriter as Zoya Kudria worked on them. Zoya Kudria wrote a script. I love her very much. I respect and cherish our friendship. And Zoya called me even in the night, consulted with me about some scenes. I was at the film set. I met Baroyev. We talked just before they shot the film. And I liked this screen version very much. The House Without Exit. There I met with Samokhina. It was her last role. We even didn't manage to shoot the whole series. Actually, she did not manage to shoot it. Because her disease pulled her out of life. She left very quickly. Therefore, I tried to take part in all screenings. Today, we have a lot of big ideas including the writer and the ballerina. We're making the comrades already. And there are a lot of children's screen versions in the form of animated films.
Yes, and I was just going to ask you what we should be waiting for, what new screen versions, or what novels will come from that cemeterial file, as you called it. Next year, I've decided to pull out from my sleeve a trilogy, which is called Three Colors of Love. I was working on this trilogy once, a long time ago, three different heroes telling the same story. It's quite interesting when we change the attitude of the main character. Now we love him, and then in the second story we understand that he is nothing but a rascal. I want to prove to everyone, and to myself, once again, that there are always two sides to a truth, and everyone is to decide which one is right and which one is false, and they will find a bunch of proofs that they are geniuses and others are nobody. And most likely, in the first book from the Imitator series will be published, a detective psychological novel, also written a long time ago. Four books that are already written. I want to begin with the first one, and all in all, nine books are planned in this series. There is much work to be done, but I think it is a plan for some years to come. I still want to complete The Derelicts, that third novel. I've been failing to deliver it for three years. This is a fantastic saga. I do not want to say that I'm struggling with it, but at the moment, I am being distracted by cartoons for the last five years. I've adopted a very lazy attitude towards myself as an adult author. I've grown very lazy because of the Super Meow, which has taken away eight months of my life. I've made the huge universe which will exist in my books, Spasix, Yesenia's Magic Shop, Guardians of Mountains, The Keepers of the Underground, Jinglix, Minglix, Spasix, Akvix, New Jingles. I can keep on naming them, there's a lot of them. And they've taken a big amount of my time. We have just begun making a really huge, classy project called The Guards. It's a teenage project. I hope everything will be okay, and next year we'll show the teaser. It's a big animated project. 11 22 minute episodes. Amazing 3D graphics. I've just returned from Cannes. I've already presented it there and I've gotten very cool feedback. What, oh yeah, and when? Show it already, they said. And the last thing, please give me advice what I should do if my day has gone bad and I want to win my good mood back. Do you have some rules or secrets? Yes, everything's very easy. At that moment when you realize that one more step and you're going to have some collapse, tell yourself to stop. This is the life, it's only mine. And the important thing is that everything will go. Everything, in an hour, in two hours, in a day, in a week. And there will be no trace left from that minor problem which you're having now. And the most important thing is that you will forget about it too. So why have you sacrificed all your life and all your nerves to this problem? Forget it. Move aside. A cup of coffee. Look here and there. Give a call to your friend. Listen to some good music. And tell yourself, this life is for me. This moment will never happen again. It is impossible to repeat it. A time machine like that does not exist. And if you do not live it well for yourself, and today, then someone will live it for you tomorrow.
You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network TV Bricks.